This podcast is presented by DistroKid, an incredible service for musicians that helps you upload your songs to all music streaming platforms from iTunes to Spotify and Apple Music, then pays you revenue from your songs all in one place. They've got a really cool new feature called Splits that allows you to add collaborators so you can pay your co-writers and fellow musicians without needing an accountant. To get 30% off your first year's DistroKid subscription, just head to distrokid.com slash VIP slash hard times. Welcome to the first ever podcast. My name is Jeremy Bohm. I am your host. And if it is your first time here, this is a show where I interview artists of all kinds about the first experiences in their art form that led them to where they are today. This is episode 137. And my guest this week is Crystal Pack of the band Initiate. They have a brand new album out this Friday on Triple B Records called Cerebral Circus. It's a fantastic record. And if you haven't checked out the singles they've released so far, maybe pause this and uh, go listen to them or go watch the music video for the song alone at the bottom. Quick note slash cheat code for this episode. Um, When I mentioned singing backups and playing with Haley, I'm talking about Haley Butters of the band Absinthe Father. Also... We're talking about Madison. We're talking about Madison Woodward of the band Fury. Just a couple quick notes when you're listening to this. If you're like, oh, who are they talking about? What is that? That's what I'm talking about. I want to also quickly mention that Initiate has a headlining tour that starts May 19th in Oxnard and uh, goes till June 7th. This will be in support of the new record. Also, they will be going overseas for what I think is the first time. Uh, in June. So keep an eye out for the rest of those dates. They've already announced playing Eperfest and maybe a couple UK shows. Very exciting. Also, I just got to say big love to Initiate for letting us borrow, steal, however you want to phrase it. Alec Riley, their guitar player, he's been filling in for Nick for us and uh, he's been killing it playing guitar and singing backups. He's just such a wonderful and talented person. Um, also, if you're new here, I want to let you know that there's a bonus episode available right now where Crystal answered questions that were submitted by subscribers. You can hear that plus tons of other bonus episodes and all sorts of other cool stuff. If you go to patreon.com slash the first ever Patreon, uh, you could subscribe for as little as $3 a month to get access to that. Subscribe for a little more and you can submit questions to upcoming guests, all sorts of fun stuff. I have a lot, a lot of guests on the horizon. I leave for tour in June. So I'm doing that thing where I am just stockpiling interviews. I'm just doing a lot. So if you're subscribed over there, you're going to get bombarded with a lot of submit questions for upcoming guests. Blank. You get the idea. Patreon.com slash the first ever Patreon. Also, if you haven't uh, subscribed to the show on Spotify, Apple, wherever it is you're listening to this, that helps a lot. Uh, leaving a positive rating and review. All of these things are very important and mean a lot to me. Keeps me motivated, keeps me smiling. You get the idea. What else is going on? Oh, I just want to say thank you for all the kind birthday wishes last week. They meant a lot. They really, really did. I got a great gift, which is this uh, bird feeder that has a camera attached to it so I could watch all the birds feed. You can, uh, you can probably see that in my stories. I'm that person. I'm 40. What do you expect? I love birds. <laughs> All right, here's my conversation with Crystal Pack. What's up, Crystal? It's nice to see you. Hi, Jeremy. How are you feeling today? I'm feeling good. Um, I've got my cat in my lap, my water, and I'm, I'm ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> talk to me about, I mean, before we get into the nonsense of this show, talk to me about the cat. How long have you had this cat? How old is this cat? I need to know details. 
Um, so I have two. They're from the same litter. One is Mora, um, and the other one is Mila. The Mila is the one in my lap right now. Um, okay. They are 11 years old as of February 14th. So wow, yeah, born on Valentine's Day. Born on Valentine's Day. They are my babies. I've had them since they were like just a few weeks old. So, oh, that's awesome. Have they shown Mm -hmm. any sign of age? Because I have like a 19 year old cat who still acts Mm -hmm. like he's a kitten. (laughs) Um, I mean, like they definitely have slowed down just a tiny bit, um, but not too much, honestly. Like they still get the zoomies in the middle of the night. and you know so still just you know still just being little children even though they're they're you know halfway there right 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 oh that's awesome um yeah yeah, it's it's always exciting for the person on a a, as i'm recording with you know to seeing your seeing the guest anytime there's an animal involved it just like ups the (laughs) ups the excitement of any sort of conversation um (laughs) Man, so yeah, uh, I don't know if I know for sure. You're uh, you're Orange County, born and raised. Is that right? No, I am no. Inland Empire, born and raised. Oh my god! Why yeah. did I think? Did you did you live in Orange County, or am I just no. putting that on you unfairly? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like a lot of people, for some reason, at our start affiliated us with Orange County, and I think yeah. just kind of from there, it was just like, oh yeah, they're an Orange County band, and we were like, no, we're not. <laughs> none of us are from orange county oh my god well okay here the 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 rumor stops today yes it's never being said again um i think it's just because i think it might be that thing where like for whatever reason if a band isn't thought of as like an la band people just like ignorantly assume like oh it must be orange county then you know what i'm saying so (laughs) i just continued that ignorance and we're stopping it today we're stopping Um, it today okay so uh are other members from the inland empire as well or is it just you no just me um jack and mike are both from the 805 um danny's from ohio and alec is from sacramento so right all right we're 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 four-fifths california so but that's also why we just put southern california because alec is I think at his heart, LA. <laughs> right. So, you know, True. like we just, we just write Southern California hardcore and, you know, there you go. Just roll there with you that. Go. Yeah. There you go. Uh, how long did you, did you end up living in LA at all? Or for like a summer, which was like the worst okay. summer ever. <laughs> really? I don't like, well, you... I, I'm, I'm not an LA person. I, I'm just not, I'm, I'm an 805 person. I'm like a beach city person. So, yeah. I feel it. I it's it's so funny. I nothing makes me eye roll more than people being protective of LA in some sort of like <laughs> cuz like I you know my my whole bit we're all born and raised here, you know, we're all LA kids and I have uh all of the understanding for if someone doesn't like living here. It's like mm-hmm. of course like <laughs> Like pick a thing to dislike. I totally get it. You know. Yeah. The only thing I the only thing I eye roll at is when people complain about the traffic because I'm like, mm-hmm. yo, have you ever been to a major city? Every major yeah. city has terrible traffic. I don't know why yeah. it's pinned on us as bad as it is. <laughs> yeah, the traffic is not the worst. I think my biggest gripe with LA is the parking ticket situation, where like <laughs> you either <Yeah>. you. <laughs> so I mean. Maybe it's because I had lived in K-Town for the summer. And so I had to move my car like every two hours. It's like, I'm not waking up at 6.50 in the morning to do that. Like, just give me a parking ticket. Yeah, K-Town and Mid-City are mm -hmm. two parking hell holes where it's just like, you might just never invite a friend over. You know, it's just like not possible. You're you're going to meet up with friends. That's it. Yeah, and you're not, you're never seeing that spot again. And the thing was, is that at the time, I had worked night shifts. And so I was coming back and it was like, well, it's 1 a.m. and I can't even go to bed. I'm going to spend the next hour searching for parking. Oh, <laughs> so, oh. yeah. Yeah, or too stressful. And walk a mile. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, so that being said, by all means, you have, all of the reason in the world to have hated living here because that yes. would drive anybody crazy. <laughs> it's absolutely crazy. 
Um, when you what? Wait, so what summer was that, or what year was that when you moved? When that you were was, here? I think that was the summer of twenty thirteen. Okay, so, so then if you were if you were in the I yeah if you were in the IE then were you ever going to shows at like what was it like Pharaoh's Den and like. Uh, no. So here was my trajectory of living. So okay. I lived, uh, I went to high school. Well, I went to, from elementary to high school, I lived in Hemet, California. And okay. then when I graduated high school, I moved to San Diego and I was at community college out there, lived out there for like five years. And oh, then okay. as I was trying to figure out my life, I decided to figure it out in LA. <laughs> um and then from there i moved to santa barbara and then spent the next like five six years in santa barbara so wow okay so you've truly experienced all of the different levels of what is southern california that's like you you literally have that's uh did you enjoy living in santa barbara i loved it like i lived in santa barbara for a bit and then i moved down to ventura um but i yeah i mean like i i've come to find that the 805 is like legitimately one of my favorite places on the planet so i love all my friends there like just the scene right now there is like incredible watching that grow has been incredible and like just it's just beautiful you know like and i i went to um ucsb and so it was like i could ride my bike to school and then just like study on the beach. Like who doesn't want that? So yeah. 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 That's awesome. I feel like you're the third or fourth person in the, in the last year that either went to school there or uh, live there for a time, you know, and like every mm-hmm. time it gets brought up, it's just met with so much like joy when reminiscing about how you enjoyed living there kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I will so, eventually find my way back. So yeah, of course, yeah. of course. Um <laughs> So then let me ask you this. When you were growing up, what was the first thing that you remember connecting with musically that felt like it was yours? Maybe not something being played in the house by like parents or something like that, but something that you kind of found on your own and gave you a sense of identity. Um, okay. So it wasn't necessarily that I found this on my own, um, but the first time I really like, well, let me preface it with this. Like I grew up on like, Spanish music, country music, and just like pop, pop radio stuff. So I was like obsessed with Britney Spears growing up. Um, And the first time that that kind of switched up for me and was kind of grounding in my own identity was when my cousin showed me Backcountry by Avenged Sevenfold. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, what is this? This is so cool. Yeah. I guess I have some wow. roots in Orange County then. So. Yeah. Wow. So, okay. Yeah. 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 Um. So I mean, that's like obviously could be a gateway into this whole world that we're all you know a part of now. Was that really the starting point? Like, did that take you down a you know a lane of trying to find like-minded bands in that world? Uh, yeah, she was like telling me, so like I had never been to a concert in my life and she was telling me about like how she was going to warp tour and she was like going to mosh pits and how like people would wear like bandanas on their faces to like cover their faces <laughs> from the dirt and stuff. And I was like, what? Like I had never heard of anything like that, you know? And like it, um, And so then, yeah, I just kind of like asked her for some recommendations and then it just kind of grew from there. And then I kind of gravitated towards, you know, like the people at my middle school. I was in middle school at the time who did listen to more alternative music. Um, And at that time, that was metalcore. Um, And then that just kind of carried on through high school and then just kind of landed me where I am now. What do you, I mean, I don't know if you've deconstructed this in your head at all, but like, what do you think it was about uh, hearing a band like Avenged Sevenfold that like made you open-minded to it? Because obviously if you're listening to like pop music and stuff like that, it's like such a strong change. Like, did it, was it like an element of like it feeling dangerous or like, do you have any idea what it was (laughs) that actually attracted it to you? I've never really thought about that, actually. I, I think it was just... 
I mean, maybe it was that. Maybe it was just like that exciting element to it. Um, and at the time, uh, not a lot of people know this. I was on um, a martial arts professional demonstration team. <laughs> Sick. And so I think it was like that world of like fighting and then like hearing like quote unquote fight music where it was like, whoa, you know, like, oh, this is cool. Um, maybe yeah. it was that element of danger and maybe it was just like something different. Like, I don't know if I, I feel like that time in adolescence is like, really like you just want to disobey every single thing your parent and any authority tells you, um, that's yeah. kind of where it starts and you're just mean. <laughs> so maybe it was that too. So I don't know. Cause some, I mean, like kids at that age are like, they're mean. So yeah, maybe it was that, I don't know. So, wow. Okay. Okay. So were you like, I mean, I'm trying to think of stuff that would have been popping at the same time as that, as that specific record. Like were you, in, mm-hmm. did you get into like a Treyu and bands like that? Also same area. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. yeah. Um, what other bands was? I'm trying to think of what year that was. I'm really bad with like timelines and stuff like that. Sure. But like, I, I feel like at the time, yeah, I was listening to. Let's see, was Silverstein a thing back then? Probably they've been a probably, band for yeah, really long yeah, time. definitely, yeah, yeah. So yeah, just you know, just started getting into that realm, and then yeah, and then when I started hanging out with like the scene kids at my school, then it just like kind of dropped that, and then just went straight into metalcore. So, 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 um, so what was the first concert you went to? First concert I went to is actually pop punk. It was, okay. oh no, 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 I'm lying. First concert I went to was 303 and the chain gang of 1974. I think that's right. <laughs> I think that's right. Yeah. So that was the first concert that I went to. Where was um, that? At? That was at Soma San Diego. Okay. Were yeah. you a big 303 and fan? I was a big 303 fan. And I would see, I was 15 years old when I went to my first concert. So, and that was the most unforgettable concert because we accidentally, my friend's older sister drove us and the, my two other friends in the car were also both 15 at the time. Um, and she took the 15 South or the five South, whichever one took us straight to Mexico. And so you have an 18-year-old and three 15-year-olds in the car. You just go straight to Mexico. So, <laughs> Oh, my God. That was my first concert experience. <laughs> wow. So yeah. at what point did you realize we have gone too far? Was it, was it like pretty close to the border? The guys with guns. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Did you, so and- you, 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 you still made it to the show, though. You weren't too late? No. So this was after the show um and oh my god this is after the show super late she drives the wrong way we show up in mexico um and what <laughs> saved us was right before we like after we had left the concert we went to mcdonald's and then we accidentally went into mexico and then but like as a 15 year old like i don't have any identification no. you know like i like yeah and it was so funny because it was like i was the only so like i'm also half latin I'm the only Spanish speaking person in the car. So like at the border, I was like trying to talk to the, like the Spanish speaking border guards going in and they were just like, no, 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 you need to keep going. But I also feel like they flagged us because they were like, why is this Asian girl <laughs> speaking Spanish? <laughs> you oh know? my God. Um, yeah. And then uh, at the border as we were coming through, um, our friend's sister had just bought the car. So it wasn't even fully registered to her yet. So it looked like she had just stolen this car. Three <laughs> children. <laughs> Oh my god. Decided to go over the border, but what saved us was the McDonald's receipt. And that like proved that we were in the States like an hour before we had like crossed the border. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that'll get your first uh, concert. (laughs) I get your blood pressure going as a kid. Just like, oh my God. Um well yeah, that's that sounds pretty unforgettable. Um amazing. So then what uh what was like yeah what was the first like you know i guess uh metalcore is hardcore show that you went to um let's see well you said pop punk though what was the what yes. was the pop punk show the pop punk show was all time low and mayday parade um every avenue and oh i'm trying to think of that other band there's one more band on that 
but it was that lineup. So mm-hmm. that was my first, like, okay. going more into the realm. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That was my was little that, crossover. Was that, was that also, like, at Soma or something? That also was at Soma. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Have you have have you played there yet? As uh, no, we haven't played Soma. No, so okay, I don't. Gonna... Uh, I feel like that's just like I know they have a smaller side room. I don't know yeah. if they do hardcore shows in that small side room though. But we only very recently did. We played there on the Vane tour uh, oh, last okay. year. Like, and uh-huh. that was. For like as long as we've been around, it, that was our first time ever having that happen. Because I'm with you. It, it, I was always, I'd always been surprised, like why more shows in our world didn't go there. You know, like it mm-hmm. always seemed to just be either at, at Che or something else, which I'm like happy to play. But like, um, I was pretty stoked when it ended up being there, and it was a lot of like it was cool. It was I was you know felt like a like a nice little bucket list sort of situation. But um, I hope they continue to do it because it'd be so awesome if you you know that'd be a full circle moment for you as it would that's be. Like, it's where you got the start yeah because yeah like not uh, a lot of my youth I didn't get to go to shows my mom didn't know I listened to hardcore music uh, I kind of had to hide that from her she thought it was the devil's music and so um <laughs> and so I had to like like I I really wasn't allowed to go to a lot of shows but the shows that I did go to were majority at Soma um and then when I lived in San Diego, a lot of the shows that I went to were between Soma and the Che Cafe. So, yeah, that would right. be a cool full circle moment. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, what? Uh, so I mean, I just saw you. You were just playing shows with uh with uh Absent Father, where you were playing keyboard and and singing and stuff like that. Um, did you play any other instruments beside like? Do you, yeah, did you grow up playing any instruments? Um, no. So, (laughs) so it's like my playing, like playing keys for Absent Father this last run in February was my first time playing a live instrument ever. Wow. So, and I mean, like I had tried the flute when I was like in fifth grade. Thank you. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But my band teacher told me that my hands are too small, so I would never be good at any instrument. And so I just didn't pick up an instrument after that. And mostly stuck towards like theater and singing. I know. How rude is that? (laughs) Like to say that to a child? (laughs) Like the nerve of this, like, like, fucking, how does she like, how's that person know? You know what I'm saying? Like, come on. There's so many instruments. Sure. <laughs> There's so many instruments that, yeah. yo, harmonica you could play with. with Literally. You know? <laughs> like, like, not everything is based on the size of hands. Come on. Yeah. That's, so, yeah, that's yeah. terrible. Yeah, but I mean, like, yeah, I did not pick up an instrument from that. Um, and then, but I also think that, like, kind of goes hand in hand with just, like, um, like, Growing up, I wasn't like, I, I maybe it's like a <laughs> maybe it's like a first gen immigrant child thing, but like I didn't have like I got to do creative things, but I was never like super encouraged to do them. It was always mm. like you know like study 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 like you're gonna be a doctor, you know what I mean? Um, and it was very much that route, and so that's also why it took me so long to even be comfortable with even picking up an instrument because on t- like on top of just you know like that fucked up teacher (laughs) who just traumatized me for the rest of my life um like my mentality was always like oh well like you could do that later like that's not like conducive to like anything like that can have sustainable income for your future you know but then the Mm. more that I started surrounding myself with super talented musicians and just like being more a part of that world and just like I think hardcore specifically it was like yo pick up an instrument start a band like do all of this the more that I started slowly going into that realm and just being like Mm. I kind of want to do that but again it's like the the time I could use doing that and like I don't know if I could be spending my time doing something else that like my like that could like set me up for my future you know what I mean um so when I did play keys in absent father that was like 
the first time where I was like, oh, okay, I kind of feel guilt-free about this. So I'm going <laughs> to go yeah. into this and, and really try to dedicate my time to to doing that. But before that, I mean, I played guitar at my house just, you know, like okay. during the pandemic, I picked up guitar, but it was never anything that I was like, I'm going to go start a band. <laughs> right, right, yeah. right. Um, it's crazy how that stuff does kind of get in your head though, where it's like, if that's, if that's kind of put into you at a young age, like that, um, anything artistic is just sort of like, oh, when you have time for it, because you have to actually, you know, uh, work towards this goal that will, you know, set you up for the future or whatever. Like, I, I mean, I think a lot of people can relate to that. I, I know I certainly can you know like anytime i wanted to do anything band related my parents were always just like really but like you know that's not that's that's like a one in a million chance that you're ever gonna make a living off of that kind of a thing and Mm -hmm. you know it's it's hard to not have that kind of always stick with you in the back of your brain where you're just like am i wasting time because i could you know like am i gonna still be wanting to do this when i'm 40 and (laughs) about I'm about to turn 40 uh, in a couple of weeks, in like a week and a half, and I'm somehow <laughs> still doing this. So yeah. take that, parents. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, I mean, that's incredible that your first time just like playing an instrument, you're, you're already for doing it uh, in front of people and all of that. I was curious about singing, though, because you were singing backups with Haley, um, and you obviously are singing on this new Initiate record when did you realize you were able to do that were you like singing in any capacity as a kid like in any sort of like school choirs or anything like that yeah so like as a kid I did a lot of singing um my first talent show was in like the first grade and I sang sometimes by Britney Spears so like that was like like I said I was obsessed with Britney Spears so um I had been singing since I was a little kid and like I was in theater, I was in choir, you know, like I did a bunch of musicals and stuff, but I had never um, saw myself singing in like a hardcore capacity. Um, And then um, actually until Alec was like, nah, you need to sing in a hardcore capacity. And I was like, I'm going to throw up. (laughs) (laughs) So you can thank him for initiate, honestly. Um, Wow. And then, uh, um, but just like on the record, um, that that was a recording experience because that definitely obviously that happened before I had started singing with Absent Father um and that was just kind of that the the surface that song came together in the studio um because that song just like instrumentally when I got it I was like what the fuck did you guys like put me up to do right now um because I was just listening to it over and over again and I was like I don't know what I could do for this chorus. Um, and then um, our um, dear friend, Zach Tooch, who also um, produced, mixed, and mastered our record, was like, why don't you sing? You know? And I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to throw up. <laughs> um, but, you know, like, we tried it, and um, we figured out a melody did, and, like, tried it in the studio, and it was just kind of like... Like, I had to really, really trust my team on that one because, like, singing, like, singing as a kid, you don't have too many, like, like, you have the insecurities, but I think as a, as a, an adult, you are more cognizant of, like, what is embarrassing, <laughs> what is not. Um, and, and so, like, I had massive insecurities about it. Um, and I had to really trust in everyone that was there to just tell me, like, is this going to kick ass or, like, can we just scrap the whole singing part and we'll just figure out what to do with it, like screaming wise, or we'll just scrap the whole song. Um, but then after I sang it and we did a couple harmonies on it, it was just like, oh, like that was the first time where I had heard myself clean recorded like that. And right. I mean, like I blew myself away, which was like ah. so not what I was expecting. And I was like, oh no, I really went off. Like that's cool. <laughs> yeah it sounds fucking great it sounds really really great and there are so many things you said that are so goddamn relatable i swear to god every time (laughs) for like a long time anytime like the the my band is like writing songs and like we're all in a room writing songs together and then like things will be written and i'm like damn this is so good and then i'll then i'll just like put my head down and be like what the fuck am i supposed to do over this like it sounds great but like 
I'm a vi- I personally am very limited in what I can do. So it's just like, you guys keep getting better and I just keep yelling. So, yeah. you know, it's like, <laughs> I got to figure something out at some point. But um, yeah, I mean, and also it's great to have, you know, it speaks volumes to like working with somebody who knows how to make you feel comfortable and like find those sorts of things. Um, yeah. I know, I know Zach a bit. We've, I've recorded him uh, in limited capacities, but every time he's just like such a, easy person to be around and and that's awesome that he was able to sort of work with you and and so you can find that comfort and within your band and all of that sounds like everybody was kind of cheering you on for it yeah zach is like one of the very very few people on this planet who i ever have just like met and then just like felt instantly comfortable around him so like with the whole singing thing like when he said it was good i was like you know what? Like I wholeheartedly trust you. <laughs> so yeah, like yeah. Because on top, because I mean, because I mean, he's putting his name on it too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like he's he's he's, he's uh he's he will tell me if it. it sucks. <laughs> yeah, he's got a stake in it for sure. Yeah. Um. So uh, <clears throat> I mean, this is probably obvious, but uh, Initiate is your first band, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, I just wanted to make sure that uh, I don't know if there was maybe like a short-lived thing that you did right before Initiate or anything like that, or you were maybe singing or something. But um, I mean, it's awesome that you're still in your first band and it's a, a good band. You know, that's a rare thing to have. <laughs> <laughs> um, what uh, what was the first Initiate show? Oh God, <laughs> Hit me. I just got PTSD. So <laughs> yeah, our first show was like a dream lineup it um was fury praise distort and initiate and i was like this is incredible like this is like i could not have asked for a better first show but it was also so fucking nerve-wracking because i was like obviously all these bands rock so there's gonna be so many people here um but something happened with like the venue they had a show booked after our show and so then they made us play before doors <laughs> what so played to the bands <laughs> but it was so uncomfortable because it was like a big room and like no one in there and i was like this is an insane first show and i didn't know what to do and so i just sang and two-stepped on stage and it was that was that so <laughs> And we played before doors. I can't doors. believe <laughs> that happened. What venue was this? Uh, I I could not remember for the life of me right now. But it L A was L A. It was L A. Yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> that's so frustrating. I can't but believe it, that happened. <laughs> but it was cool. We did a side by side cover, and it was nice to see like Andy and Daniel both like singing along and like being hyped. And I was like, oh, okay, I. There's at least some redemption here because obviously no one knows any of the words that we're singing. So, you know, there's comfort in that. uh, uh, Few few quick notes. One, um, there's a silver lining to the situation, which is like you got to experience the first show um, with like maybe a little. I mean, it's disappointing because you didn't get to play to the audience like that you were intended to. But like at least maybe there's a little less pressure because you weren't playing to like hundreds of people and like having more terror. It's like, you were sort of, you were probably almost distracted by the frustration. So maybe that helped with like the nervousness. I have no idea. Yeah. I'm just, this, I'm just <laughs> assuming on that. Um, but you also did something brilliant, which is I, I always, I've said this to people before. I'm like, if you're playing your show for show and nobody knows your band's music, always do a cover because yeah. <laughs> that at least brings people out and like will maybe make people sing along and if yo if you get those sing-along picks in the first yep. show people are gonna be like yo people <laughs> love this band but what they don't know is they're singing to a cover yeah so, <laughs> it's the move i say that go as obvious move. as go as obvious as possible too i swear mm. like yeah our first touche's first show we played america we did an american nightmare cover Beautiful. um yeah which song uh we did hearts nice. and hesitate. My other bit hesitation was our first shows. We did minor threat and Nirvana. We're just like, fuck Beautiful. it. E- easy. <laughs> Everybody knows if you don't know yeah. these songs, you got to leave, you know, it's mm-hmm. just like, come on. <laughs> come on. Um, what, uh, 
how soon after um the bands with the band starting did you guys do that demo like the 2016 demo um that let's see that i think that was out by the time that our first show um happened like it was like just released yeah so we kind of did it where it was like cool we have these songs let's record it and then let's play our first show rather than just like play without anything out so brilliant Uh, seriously it's like the best your band did all like seriously all the things all the things right it's awesome like (laughs) it's it's so it's so smart to have a demo by the time you play your first show so that like if people like you they could they could walk away with something you know or or whatever else um (laughs) how was that experience recording that demo uh super fun we we recorded it at paradise records um with madison um woodward and who is also just a friend and has just someone that i was super comfortable in front of um especially for doing hardcore vocals for the first time um because again i had never done that in any capacity i never (laughs) even considered doing that like for me like it just wasn't a thought that had crossed my mind like i was just like like singing have heart lyrics in my bathroom you know what i mean like (laughs) pretending that i was on stage you know so um and it it was just never anything that had crossed my mind and so um like the recording experience was like like that that was i i just kind of went into it was just like honestly fear (laughs) because it was like i at that time i think that there was like bands like firewalk firewalker crime watch um stuck pigs um and like i had heard a lot of like the like east coast bands that had women in them and i was like fuck that sounds so cool and it was like trying to get that voice of comparison out of my head and also just Mm. because i was so familiar with male vocals too where it was like when i was listening to myself i was like i sound like i'm 15 (laughs) you know so but it is cool to like go back and revisit the demo and be like holy shit like my vocals have completely changed since then but um yeah the recording process was it was super fun uh i'm glad that i was able to be surrounded by people that i did trust because it was such a vulnerable experience for me to just like figure out how i wanted my voice to sound on a recording that was just gonna stay on the internet (laughs) so yeah um it was definitely super scary all of that is so real so um just so i have an idea so had you had you been practicing and like writing the lyrics with with the band before going into uh record like had you heard yourself through like a pa speaker and like writing those songs or did you go into the studio with that being your first time putting like putting vocals on this music um so we definitely had some practices um but i wasn't like like i couldn't really like i had just like we all had shitty phones so like i couldn't really like hear Hear myself yeah 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 um of course and so in the studio was the first time that i really like got to hear like my raw just vocal tracks and i remember like that first playback where it's uh-huh. just you, no instruments. And I was like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I, this is what I sound like. Okay. There's a circle of hell. <laughs> there's a circle of hell that is um, isolated screaming vocals. No yes, one should ever be. <laughs> no one should ever have to have to listen to themselves as isolated screaming vocals. It is yeah. <laughs> fucking horrible. It is horrible for everybody. Everyone who thinks that they have the like everyone think of your favorite hardcore band, like the person listening right now. Um, I'm telling you right now though, those vocals are trash with no music underneath. It. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> It's crazy. It's all squeaky and it's, yeah, it's, uh, you just hear every like breath that you're yeah. like, it's just like, ah. <gasps> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Weird little guttural noises. Yeah, yeah. All of that stuff. Like let's, let's just, yeah, it's tough. Um, that's awesome though. Yeah. I mean, and there's that level of excitement too, when you do hear it back that first time with music, like mixed the way it's supposed to. And you're just like, you know what, this is fucking this, I think we're doing it. This is this is awesome. Hey there. Do you need to get some merch printed? My incredible sponsors over at Anchorfish Printing has a great deal going on right now. 
you can get 100 soft style shirts for only 499 bucks. Do the math. That's a great deal. For details, email michael at anchorfishprinting.com. You can also visit anchorfishprinting.com and see what else they have to offer. They are a one-stop shop for all your merch needs. And don't forget to mention the first ever podcast when you place your order. There was like two a two-year break between that demo and then the next EP or the next cassette, right? The Before Long mm-hmm. cassette. Um, yeah. Wh- how active was the band between those two years? Like, were you guys playing a lot of shows or... Um, um, we were definitely yeah. doing a, uh, a few local things. Um, and I, I think we went on a tour. Um, yeah, our first tour was with Dead Heat. And Dead Heat had also put out music at the same time, too, which was just like all homies. And so our first tour was really cool because it was just like two friends touring together, just exactly how it should be. Um, and I, let's see, myself, Alec, and... Oh, I don't think Jack was in the band at this time, but myself and Alec were both in school at the time. So we weren't super, super active and we could only be active when we weren't in school. So were you, yeah, and I now were we, you living we in Santa Barbara at this time? Yeah. Yeah, I was. Okay. So I was curious about the dead heat connection. Cause obviously that's like mm-hmm. more their turf. Yeah. Um, okay. That makes sense. And, uh, what, who did you guys do the, the before long tape with? We also did that with um, Paradise Madison? Records. So yeah, oh, okay. Madison and cool. Colin. I think. No, yeah. Oh, I'm trying to remember. No, I think. I think Colin did before long. If I remember correctly. Okay. So. Okay. Yeah. Um. What? What? You just mentioned a first tour. What was your first touring experience like? Did you enjoy it? Was it tough? Was it fun? What? What do you remember? Um. So. That was my first tour with my band, but it wasn't technically my first tour. Um, oh, really? My yeah. So my first tour was actually with, <laughs> he's gonna kill me. He might kill me for mentioning this. We'll see. Um, Waylon and Ian's band Hiding Place, which was like an indie rock band. Um, that was technically my first tour. I went on like four to five days with them. They were doing like a two week run in California and like down the West coast. Um, so I was with them. So I kind of started learning that way. Um, and then by the time that my, like with initiate first tour came around, it was kind of like, okay, like I have some etiquette down with just like being a guest in another van where it was like, you know, like, which I think that tour etiquette is so important and it's just like not talked about because there's something really, yeah. <laughs> um, but then, yeah, by the time that like Initiate's first tour came around, it was so fun. Um, but also it was the start of me trying to figure out vocal sustainability, which was not oh. anything I ever gave a thought to until day two. I was like, holy shit i am about to lose my voice like i i need to start googling like good habits right now (laughs) yeah how did it go were you able to to sort of keep it afloat or what was Uh, your move yeah i mean like definitely i mean like we made it through the tour um but it uh and and thankfully that that tour was like i think maybe a full week and a half at most um really wasn't too long we just went up the west coast um so yeah it wasn't bad i didn't lose my voice completely but it definitely got to a point where it was like okay well i can't talk to anyone else until we play so it was just like really just playing the silent game up until we played and you know just trying to i don't think I was vegan at the time so I was definitely gargling honey and like doing all the things you know um but it was definitely like that that definitely started more on like the I guess like the vocal care stuff that I was doing because another thing too was like as I mentioned earlier like I like like clean singing and like just like outside of hardcore and like that's something that I just enjoy doing at home and like I started realizing, like, if I continue on this path, I'm going to lose my, like, singing voice. And so just trying to, like, I started learning about, like, you know, like, 
building vocal strength and using your diaphragm more and like how screaming can actually translate to singing with like the same techniques and different things like that. So that was a lot of a lot a lot of lessons learned on the first on the first tour. Yeah. Yeah. How and have have you since you've applied those things like are you able to not lose your voice uh, anymore? Like when you do multiple shows in a row, like are you pretty good at keeping up with it? Um, yeah, I'm like huge on warm-ups. I love warm-ups. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, Why not? And um, actually on this last tour that we did with punitive damage, like I did not lose my voice. Um, I was able to just like keep it going, keep talking through the day. You know, like if I felt like I had played a set where I had strained it a little bit, then I could like instantly go into care mode, you know, and like just make sure that I wasn't going out and that I was like prioritizing sleep um drinking tea every night like yeah I feel like I've gotten to a point where it's just like my voice has been pretty good um that was until we decided to record the surface and now I have to figure out <laughs> how to transition between <laughs> how the to two. do that so yeah yeah, yeah it's tough it's it, yeah. that's definitely tough I was gonna say yeah because I, I mean I went to that show and I remember talking to you at that show briefly and you sounded fine and that was what the last night of the tour so yeah yeah mm -hmm. you were you kept up with it. That's awesome. Actually, real quick, what, to get back to some of the recording, um, was Lavender also recorded with Madison or was that with somebody different? Uh, Lavender was with someone different. That was uh, Roly Ulug. I feel like I'm going to pronounce, I'm pronouncing his last name wrong, but that was with our friend Roly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've uh, been around, is Orange County? Huh? I, I think Orange, he is. Yeah. Orange County. All right. Orange All right. County. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Roly, I know, has done like Dangers records and like Graf Orlock records and like is is in that world. Um, how'd you get introduced to him? Like, and how did that uh, decision get made? Um, so our drummer at the time, Austin, um, he knew Roly. Um, okay. And so and he had been wanting to record with Roly and we just kind of trusted Austin with him. We were like, OK, cool. Um, and we're just shout out though i feel like everyone we've ever recorded with has actually made me feel very comfortable in like i recording vocals is just super vulnerable to begin with so like yes. really also was someone cool. where i was like like i there are there's like maybe two spots on the record for lavender where i growled but like <laughs> in the studio like doing that was just so funny um and uh and be able being comfortable messing around with how that sounded um when uh that day that i recorded the growl like uh like two of the growls on lavender um i was it was just me and austin in the studio and austin was like okay hear me out can you growl like a cheetah and i was like what the fuck are you saying to me right now <laughs> i was like i don't even know what a cheetah sounds like bro um and so it was kind of going through that. And then he was like, um, there's also like another song where he was like, okay, I think it would be really cool if you did like this, like Harley Flanagan-esque thing on this part. Um, and I was like having to play around with that, but it was like, I don't, <laughs> how do I translate that? That was like pushing, like Lavender really like kind of pushed, I think the band to the next, like to our next level um sure. and and vocally as well because that was also there's just a lot of experimental stuff on that record and um and yeah recording with him was was fun so growling first time growling on that record was a blast <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome do you uh do you prefer that your band members are present when you're recording vocals or would you if it was up to you would you be like maybe less of you um they uh, i i i definitely prefer them um yeah. just because i trust them if something sounds like shit <laughs> sure so i try or like to be like yeah. like and i also just trust that they can so like the way that initiate rights is like it didn't necessarily happen for cerebral circus because like our upcoming lp because it that lp was written over the pandemic um, right. But for everything that we've done in the past, I was at every single practice, every single time that we were writing, I was there and it was like, hey, can we take this part and move it like over here instead? And it was that like 
I, I'm not playing anything, but like I'm picking apart what they are jamming and then being able to help construct the song that way. And so I kind of like that process when it comes to recording vocals too, where it's like, Hey, can you actually do this instead of what you're doing here? Can we try this out? And they can hear different things vocally the same way that I was hearing different things when they are playing. So that's kind of our process. So I prefer them. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Uh, and that's all, that's all perfect. You know, to to use the word etiquette, I feel like that's great vocal, uh, vocalist etiquette too, (laughs) with the constructing and, and the moving things around. So it's like everybody becomes on the same page and nobody gets like their feelings hurt. If you need to like, if you don't want to pardon a certain thing or it's, it's, it's like a great band dynamic. Mm Um, yeah. The reason I asked those, you know, like the nervousness and all of that sort of stuff, like I've, I've talked to people here on the show and whatever else where like, they either love when their band is present or cannot stand it because Mm -hmm. it makes them more anxious. You know what I'm saying? So I I totally get it. And that was the first time you all had done a record with, uh, with triple B and now your new records coming out on triple B as well, Mm -hmm. which is awesome. Um, how far, like, have you known Sam who does that label for a really long time? Um, kind of like, I don't actually think we met in person until I'm trying to think. No, you know what? When like, yeah, no, we, we played America's hardcore. And that was like, I think the first time that I really met Sam in person, if I'm not mistaken, but Sam had been rocking with initiate since our demo. And so like, it just made sense. Like to like you know he approached us about putting lavender out on triple b um and it was like a no-brainer for us because it was like you had put us on our first year as a band on you know america's hardcore fest which was like a dream to play you know like that's a bucket list thing for a lot of hardcore bands and you know like we're no exception to that and so it was just kind of like yeah this is like of course absolutely Right, right. Yeah, I was gonna say because I know I know your friends with uh with Pat Flynn, and I know they obviously are are old friends and and all of that. So I was curious like what the connection was there, and if that's kind of what maybe led to it or something like that. But um, yeah. So uh, you know, the new record comes out. What is it? April fourteenth. This interview yes. will probably be out just before that or something. Um, I mean, how are you feeling at this point? We've had two singles. Uh, both singles are. I mean, the record sounds so 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 good um was that also your first time doing a music video by the way yeah <laughs> i talked to alec uh he explained it was it was uh it was a little stressful moving some locations and like fighting this the sunlight and whatever um but it's it's one of those situations where i went into watching it knowing what alec had told me about like some of the stresses of all of that and then you watch the video and you're like no one would have ever known you know just like yeah this is this came out i think the way it was supposed to um yeah, how was your first music video experience? Um, literally could not have asked for a better experience. Like even with everything. So the guys wanted to do a music video and I did not. <laughs> I was like so against the idea of a music video because I was like, I have to look into a camera. I have to like yell in a camera. I don't like the idea of that <laughs> at all, totally. you know? Yeah. And then another yeah. thing too was like, I was like, there's such like a, I feel like a fine line between like a good hardcore music video and a bad like cliche hardcore music video. And yeah. I was just like nervous about that too. And then I was like, I don't look tough. So like our music video is not going to be tough, you know, like, <laughs> I'm not going to be like shadow boxing in the video or anything like that. And like, you know, like it just like, like to me, I was just like, I don't know how we could possibly pull off a cool looking music video. Like that's kind of where my head was at. Um, yeah. But we're a very democratic band and they really wanted it. So I was outvoted. <laughs> um, but with that, I was like, okay, I will put in full effort into doing a music video, but you guys have to let me have a lot of creative freedom with figuring it out. Because if I have to be the focal point, I want to make sure that like I'm okay with how I'm going to be the focal point. And they were totally, totally. down for it. Um, and so... It had taken us a bit. I had a few ideas, um, but then I um, went on vacation with um, Audrey Kenley, who directed the music video, um, and um, it was 
we yeah like we were all just hanging out it was like me Waylon, ian and audrey and ian and audrey are dating um and audrey was like hey let me do a music video for you and i was like what (laughs) and it just kind of went from there because it was like well we need a music video and you are like but audrey like i don't i don't know if you've ever like looked at audrey's like resume with music videos like she is like so fucking badass with it like she's like direct like she's written stuff for like harry Styles. she's worked with like ariana grande like like literally like massive people like she's got a lot of like crazy artists under her belt and like everything that she's worked on is like so beautifully done so like i didn't even think of asking her because i was like she's for sure (laughs) out of our budget (laughs) you know like that's not like that was never a thought that had crossed my mind but then when she had offered it i was just like holy shit like you're the one person that i would actually trust with a music video that focuses on me because you know like i i felt like she got that you know she wasn't working on hardcore music videos like she had that like like the creativity that i felt would be good for an initiate music video and so um i had passed it off to the guys and the guys loved it and then from there it was just like all right let's go and then like we had a bunch of stresses um the location that she had picked turned out to be private property we had no idea and like you know but she killed it because she was just like okay cool found you another location like let's go you know and um we we did have to fight the daylight because at that time we had lost an hour and like she lit like she was just like just such a badass the whole day um and like yes we were in the middle of the desert and it was like freezing cold at night but like she really like she i don't i don't know i just couldn't have asked for like like the cold was miserable but the experience was not it was so fun yeah 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 it's i feel like uh for people who direct music videos it's like 50 percent the actual directing and the other 50 percent is being able to problem solve and mm-hmm. just make it work <laughs> you know what i'm saying like any video we've ever done anything i've ever been like it's it's always that there's always so much problem solving but but then when you watch look at the final project you're like no one would have, would have ever realized you know yeah um that's awesome. And I'm glad that uh, you're able to feel comfortable. I mean, you and Harry Styles obviously have so much in common. Um, so, you. you know, <laughs> <laughs> so I can see how this makes sense. Um, <laughs> that rules. Well, I'm excited for everybody to hear the record. The record is awesome. You know, Alex had sent it, Alec had sent it to me a, a, a while back. And uh, it's like I said, the production sounds great. You sound great. The songs are awesome. I'm excited for everybody to uh, to be able to take it in. Um and so I'll hit you with the last question, which is when okay. was the first time you felt like you were doing the thing you'd been working so hard towards? Um, so when I read this question, I was like, I got goosebumps because <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, that's like a, a hard hitting question. And I should have known, you know, um, but you know what? Honestly, like, I feel like that first time for me is like right now, like like in this like like time span, like with this upcoming record with all of these things that we have planned like with me playing an absent father which is just totally freeing because it kind of brings me out of that hardcore box and like doing other things and and Haley like really like bullying me into being comfortable (laughs) with, (laughs) with clean singing and with playing keys and um like it kind of ties back to like that guilt that I had felt when I was younger being creative like I don't feel that as much anymore and and everything that I'm working towards right now is just like like this is my moment right now like this is the first time I feel like I'm finally doing the thing that I've worked so hard towards because it's just like I can pick up my guitar after work you know and and play it and be like yeah no this is I'm gonna do this for the next four hours and I'm like I'm just gonna zone out and just be like totally chill with it or like work on initiate stuff and like just like be like like I don't have to be looking at anything else because like this is what I want to plan the rest of my year with and like you know like or just like work on absent father stuff and just like just be totally totally happy because I get goosebumps every time I listen to moving forward and you know it's just like like 
like that moment for me is now, which I feel like is so kind of cheesy, but it's like, it truly is. Like, I, I don't feel like I've felt as like liberated, like at any point, like other than like this last, like, like this, this moment of time, I guess. Yeah. So it makes all the sense. And, and I think that's a great answer. And I, and I'm excited uh, to see what the rest of the year is like, like keeping that in mind too, you know, like it, it's, yeah. it's, it's really awesome. So congratulations on everything. And and yeah, like I'm, I'm, uh, I'm cheering from the sidelines. Thank you. And that's our show. Thank you so much to Crystal for coming on and hanging out. And thank you for listening. Reminder, there's a bonus episode available right now where Crystal answered questions that were submitted by subscribers. You can hear that over at patreon.com slash the first ever Patreon. Once again, if you haven't subscribed to the show on Spotify, Apple, wherever it is you're listening to this, please do so. All right, take care. I will see you on Monday with a brand new radio hour. Take care. Bye-bye.